The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It's the third hour. The third hour of Pure Opelka. And if it's a Monday, that means we have uh, our good friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick, joining us here. As she does every Monday. You need to know more about Wendy. So you need to go to wendypatrickphd.com and check in and see what Wendy's up to. Because she's, she's got a lot going on. Although there's a lot of stuff in Wendy's life she doesn't put on her webpage. And maybe we should, maybe I should stop talking before I get in trouble. Because <laughs> you, you are always somewhere, either you're all over the country. I, do you have a private jet? Is that how you do it? No, because I'm trying to reduce that carbon footprint. <laughs> we talked more about that over the weekend than I think we talked about all last year. <laughs> Do you know, it's it's so amazing to me, and I loved what Tucker Carlson did to show the juxtaprogressivism, the hypocrisy of those on the left who scream about the planet and the planet and the planet and the climate agreement, and then they fly private jets everywhere. And I just, I, I just laugh and think, how can you guys not see this? How can you not see the irony of your own existence? That's right. You know, Mike, it's such an interesting argument because, you know, obviously as a lawyer, I can argue both sides of it. But think about it this way. So green energy surely will create a plethora of jobs. Uh, so will traditional methods of energy. But, you know, one of the things that the president keeps harping on is the creation of jobs. Now, if he does indeed renegotiate that agreement, regardless of the fact that I know many people say it's not, never going to be renegotiated, however it ends up, it's going to result in more jobs. That may very well be clean energy, jo- energy jobs. And, you know, the other thing that we've been talking about over the weekend is pulling out of this Paris Climate Accord doesn't mean we're pro-pollution. It simply means he's pro-jobs and pro-keeping campaign promises. So I am heartened that at least we're hearing both sides of the narrative. Um, Obviously, our hearts and prayers go out to those in London. Um, We're talking about that as well. But, you know, we are at least coming around to the reality that there is a way to have green energy, clean energy, and still create jobs. Wendy, the, the one thing, and those are all rock-solid points, and I'm, I'm happy people are actually bringing to light the fact that the president's saying, hey, we can 
we can be good stewards of the planet and still keep people employed in coal industries and yes. in, in other traditional energy sources. Uh, but but here's the thing I'm very happy about, that people are bringing out the truth on the Paris Climate Accord. When I kept hearing folks say, well, if the president didn't like the deal, why didn't he just reduce the obligation? Why didn't he lower the numbers? And from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, um, the you are allowed to adjust the numbers in your projections based on what you want to have happen in your carbon output as a nation, but you're only allowed to adjust it up, not down. That was <laughs> that was in the original yeah. agreement. You you can't go backwards. They don't allow you to go backwards. So and it, you know what's what's interesting, Mike. You, you're bringing up some great points, and you you just called it an agreement, and I'm glad you used that word because that's what it is. I think there's some misconception that it's some kind of a legally binding accord that there's sanctions for violating. It isn't any of that. And the the fact that it's an agreement means we can continue to agree to goals that don't that aren't to the detriment of Americans. That was the pres- that's really what he was saying in a nutshell is it's a great goal and it's a you know globally we do want to partner with every other country but not in a way that disenfranchises Americans. Remember we were the ones that were paying up front the other countries weren't. I know many of your listeners have been following it and have heard all about it over the weekend, which is great because if all you heard is the president is pulling out of an accord, it doesn't really do justice to the rationale behind why he did what he did. I also want to point out, he didn't do this on January 22nd. He did this at the beginning of June. So six months worth of looking into whether or not he should renegotiate, whether he should pull out. In other words, it wasn't a rash decision made on the spur of the moment, like he sometimes sends those tweets at three in the morning. It was a rationalized decision that was only made after consulting with people that no doubt know more about it than he does. Well, yes, exactly. This was, I forgot about the time aspect of it. Nikki Haley said a couple of things that I think are interesting and playing real quickly she was making the rounds on the uh, the talk shows this weekend talking about the paris climate accord why didn't president obama get this through the senate there's a reason president obama did this from an executive standpoint as opposed to going through the senate because he knew he couldn't get it to pass it was too onerous the regulations were too strict and it wasn't achievable even if we had stayed in the paris agreement and this is the part everyone needs to really think about if we had stayed in the Paris Agreement, which the countries told us, oh, you can do it, we, do, we won't say anything, that's not who the U.S. is. One, we're truth tellers. We're going to tell the truth. Two, it was not achievable. What President Obama submitted the U.S. to was not achievable under our standards or any other country's standards. So this is the truth that isn't always getting out there. And that's why that's I right. want everybody to know it and share it. And Nikki Haley, rock star for me. I, I love the fact that the the administration is back to using her again. It seemed like the, she might have fallen out of favor a little bit with them because she was getting so much love and attention. But I think she brings a clear presentation. She even answered the question because progressives were having a meltdown over the climate change thing. Uh, they they kept asking. Well, does he believe in climate change? Does he believe? Can you tell us? Does he believe in climate change? I know, Mike. That is such a great point because this isn't about whether or not the president believes in climate change. It was based on economic grounds, not on climate change grounds. I wouldn't be surprised if his his thinking has evolved in the couple of years since he was calling it a hoax. 
because you'll note that he did say during that Rose Garden speech, no one cares about the environment more than I do. In other words, he acknowledged a recognition that we've got to take care of our planet. That is head and shoulders above the rhetoric that he used several years ago. So whether or not he's going to come out and expressly admit, okay, my thinking has changed, he made it very clear that he believed that it was a bad economic decision to remain in the, in the Paris Agreement, and that was the basis. Not a climate change reason, but that was the basis for his withdrawal. And I also point out that in the same sentence, that he said he was withdrawing, he said he was going to either rejoin or rejoin after it was negotiated. He left to open that possibility right up at the front of his speech. I would yeah, be surprised that if could, he does rejoin. Yeah, I, I would I would happily uh, applaud that if he does manage to say, we want to come back, but we want to come back under these stipulations, which would right. say, we. first of all, we're back to... Uh, I think it's where we were in 1994 in terms we have already cut our emissions back to 1994 levels. So we're we're the leaders on this where China and India and Russia have increased their their polluting output. So I, I think we have stats that we need to arm ourselves with and get out there with them. Can I can I change gears on something that just oh, kind sure. of cr- crossed and hit me? Um I'm fascinated with the Bill Cosby trial, which opens up today, and it's already going on here because it's it's 25 miles from where I am right now and nonstop coverage on the local press. And there are there are uh, images out there. And there was an interview with Michael Smirkanish, who hosts a, a radio show in this region, and he's also on CNN on on occasion. He's got his own Saturday show on CNN. Did you happen to hear any of the interview with Smirkanish and Cosby? Oh, no, but I certainly can't wait to listen to that. Okay, I've got I've got a short clip. It was a, a lengthy interview. And one of the interesting things inside this interview when and it was a telephone interview, it wasn't face to face. So when you listen to the entire interview, you regularly hear as Cosby's talking Someone breathing like this, as if his lawyer were listening on the extension in the office. I'm sure that's what was going on. But Cosby, Cosby couldn't answer many questions about the case, obviously, because he, his lawyer was saying you can only go so far. But what I thought was fascinating was how Cosby blamed at one point racism. That's not in this clip. But... He talked about piling on to him as if, you know, there was one accusation and then all of a sudden all these other accusations came out of nowhere. Here's 30 seconds of this with Smirkanish. The piling on, so to speak, is, 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 is a way and certainly an oppressive, impressive way to uh, get public opinion, to to come to the, the the other side. Are you telling me that they're all lying? You know better than that. See, that, I think, was probably the most honest Cosby was in that interview. Before that, Wendy, and you can tell me this because you're an expert at listening to these courtroom testimonies and, and depositions. 
Before that, everything was measured and planned and where he talked about the piling on and creating and shifting public opinion. And then when, when Smirkanish says, are you telling me they're lying? He immediately goes, you know better than that. You that was a reaction. It reminds me of the jinx. Do you remember what he said at the very end? What did I do? Of course, I killed them all. That's what it reminds me of. Oh, my God. Isn't that something? It's the same tone of voice. It's the same almost reactive uh, quality rather than really kind of thinking through an answer. But you're absolutely right. You know, you've got to wonder whether Bill Cosby is going to choose to testify. But, yeah, and, and the rest of that conversation is, almost very halting kind of thinking, what am I going to say? It's, you know, playing the victim, as we often hear. Um, It's fascinating. And we're going to be following that trial to see if justice is finally done. You know, justice delayed is not always justice denied. And any measure of justice we can bring to the victims in that case is a good thing. And I think all your listeners would agree with that. I'm I'm just, uh, yes, I think think they could. I'm fascinated by this trial. I wish I I didn't have to work and could just sit there and watch it and see because it is, it, you know, I grew up. That was the first comedy album I ever purchased as a young man. And you remember Jello t- Pudding? You remember Jello oh, Pudding Pops? I mean, we grew up with those. Yes. And he was the most powerful guy in television, a guy who brought NBC back to yep. national prominence. Just uh. amazing. He was so, a role model. He was, remember, Mike, America's dad. Remember that? That's well, not only that, that, Wendy, Bill Cosby was famous up in the Northeast for going into the locker room of the New Jersey Nets uh, NBA team and sitting down with the young black players who were new millionaires and saying, what are you doing with your money? Are you being yeah. smart? Are you, are you right. buying, why are you buying Rolls Royces and Ferraris? Why don't you buy one nice car, two nice cars? and then put the money in the bank or stocks. He actually yeah. was known for that and to have he was a all role of this. Model. He was a oh. big role model, remember? I mean, and, you know, celebrities like that, they're role models whether they want to be or not, but he wanted to be. That's why this is such a fall from grace. It's just, it's tragic, really. And I, I my heart goes out to the rest of his family. You can imagine how tough it is on them as well. Oh, and to his wife and all, but oh, you know, we'll see. Right. And yeah. and as, now that there are almost sixty women who have come forward, but only yeah. one trial will matter because of the statute of limitations. Just uh, right. uh, um, amazing the way this has worked out. So I'll be watching be that one. Interesting to see how many of the other ones are allowed to testify. I think only only testify. The only one who is allowed to testify is the one who gave that deposition years ago. I think that's well, the, yeah, only- the, the victim. Number six uh, is the only one of the other accusers who's going to be testifying. That's from 1996. Yeah. But wow. again, you know, some measure of justice, even after all of these years, I'm sure that verdict, if that's the way it turns out, will be a relief to all of those women. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, they will all have their day in court with this. That's right. And that's, that's right. you know, it's, it, it may not be a complete uh, closing of the books on it, but I'm sure it will help give them some closure in this case. Some Dr. Wendy, I could, absolutely. I could talk to you all afternoon, but somebody has to finish your show and get on a plane to Dallas in the next 30 <laughs> oh, minutes. So, okay. yeah, I'm, tune in for Thursday and Friday. I'm doing the big show for Glenn Beck, so I'll be here. But, uh, awesome. Well, I will be listening. 
You might have to join me. We might have to have I'd be legal happy chat. To join you. Good. I'd be good. Happy to join you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Check her out at wendypatrickphd.com. She's our friend. She's a lawyer. She's a writer. And um, she's just terrific. And we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Well, there's breaking news from CNN, and it's news that we told you the New York Times reported last week, and we reported it last week as well. Uh, This, (laughs) Come on, CNN. It's just so foolish. Last week, the New York Times said, look, the White House is not going to use an executive action to stop Jim Comey from testifying. That, that was the word that the, the uh, New York Times research and reporting was picking up. So we ran with it here because, frankly, I trust the New York Times on, the, on that topic. And for, from Friday through uh, just now, CNN has spent uh, probably 30% of its on-air time, aside from the terror case in in, uh, London, at least 30% of the time speculating on what Donald Trump and and, uh, what, what effect it would have on his presidency if he were to use executive privilege to stop Jim Comey from testifying. They were breathless. They were losing their minds. Despite the fact the New York freaking Times had already said it's not going to happen. But it was the only thing they could talk about. It was the only thing they'd be able to address because they couldn't talk about, guess who? Kathy Griffin, because she was one of them. You couldn't talk about Kathy Griffin, despite the fact that she, she was everywhere else. So CNN made up this story. CNN was fake news. They were the the home of fake news for the past three or four days. Aside from the terror coverage, everything you would turn on CNN was the White House, the White House, the White House. Trump is going to use executive privilege. He's going to shut up Jim Comey. What happens? How this will have an effect on his presidency. And it was never happening. Nobody in their right mind was going to see that happen. Nobody in that White House was going to do that. So it was about 40% about the climate withdrawal of, from the agreement, and then about 40% about Trump and the executive uh, 
privilege he was going to claim to try and make sure that that Jim Comey wouldn't speak. Are you kidding me? That would have haunted this White House and this presidency until he was gone, and for 10 years people would still be talking about it. Just stupid. And we also said, by the way, last week we said this, how long will it be before CNN puts a countdown clock on the screen saying countdown to Jim Comey testifying before Congress? (laughs) Well, it's up right now. It's right there right now, Thursday, 10 a.m., E.T., Comey testifies before Congress. Three days, in case you're incapable of figuring out, from Monday to Thursday is three days. CNN, you wonder why you're sucking wind. You have an unfiltered agenda. And don't even get me started on Reza Aslan, the guy who, oh, you know what? We're going to address that. Because CNN's response to the Reza Aslan controversy is idiotic. Absolutely idiotic. When we come back, we'll dive into that right after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. You know, I I don't understand how people can be so foolish. I I really don't. And by people, I'm talking about Reza Aslan, the guy that hosts a a show on CNN called Believer. He's a guy who gets to bounce all around the world, uh, experimenting and interviewing and checking out different religions. What an incredible gig that would be. If you are intellectually curious and want to know about different faiths, it would be an amazing thing, right? So why would you, why would you go out there and, and insult the President of the United States in such a profane way? Why would you call the President a piece of S? The tweet that Reza Aslan put out has since been deleted. But he said, quote, this piece of S is not just an embarrassment to America and a stain on the presidency. He's an embarrassment to humankind. The tweet stayed out there for a while, and then on Sunday afternoon he posted an apology for the crude language he used to express his shock, his shock, his terms, over the president's comments. And what was he shocked about? Seven minutes before the president said we send our thoughts and our prayers and any support they need to the British people, seven minutes, the president said that we need to be smart, vigilant, and tough. We need need the courts to give us back our rights. We need the travel ban as an extra level of safety. Now, 
Would I have preferred President Trump first express his condolences and pledge support to the British people? Yes. Yes, I would have. I would have said, Mr. President, if I were working in the White House, I would have pulled the president aside and said, look, look, boss, it's more important for the the optics of this thing to get the word out there that that we will stand by and support our British friends no matter what in this in this horrible time. Then you can go out and say at any point, you can say, look, we need the travel ban. We need it. But see, Reza Aslan, he really didn't back down, you know, and especially when he made it sound like in his apology that he, as he said, I should not have used a profanity to describe the president when responding to his shocking reaction to the London attacks, and he put his statement on there. Well, it's not as if this is the first time Reza Aslan has used strong language. He um, he said of Dinesh D'Souza last October, Hey, Dinesh, I'll say this as politely as I can. Go F yourself, you adulterous piece of ass felon. So there he is attacking... Uh, a, a, a lovely young, a lovely man, Dinesh D'Souza, who got railroaded by the Obama administration on the campaign contributions. He paid his price. He went to prison. Reza Aslan also talked about Donald Trump uh, earlier in, in May, like two weeks ago. He said, but on the plus side, he didn't S himself in public. In response to the vice president, Mike Pence, Reza Aslan said, and Jesus said, if someone tries to ask you a question, beat the S out of them. On Sean Hannity, he just called him this piece of S. On Donald Trump again in early May of this year, just about a month ago. Oh, the joy when this lying, conniving, scumbag, narcissistic, sociopath, piece of S, fake president, finally gets what's coming to him. And in February of this year, just two weeks after the president was inaugurated, Aslan insulted him again, saying right now, a quote, S sandwich, close quote, is the best any of us can hope for from the quote, hashtag fake president. So it's not as if Reza Aslan has been hiding his his lack of a, a civil a civil approach to anything or anyone who he disagrees with. But he has a, a show about religions and looking for truth and faith and all that stuff. Now, a lot of people wanted Reza Aslan booted from his job. A lot of people wrote to CNN and said, hey, you really, you really going to keep this guy? And what did CNN say? Well, he really doesn't work for us. So I guess he just works for the production company that you pay. Is that how you're going to do this? Is that how you're going to get around a guy who who has insulted the president with coarse, vulgar, and certainly not language I would say any of us would feel comfortable with using in front of the president or our parents or little kids? 
that's how you're going to protect this guy by saying, oh, uh, he doesn't work for us. He's got a show every week on your network. You, you promote the hell out of it. Kathy Griffin worked for you one night a year. And you had no problem in blowing her out. This guy's easily as offensive. I wonder how CNN's fans... I wonder if there's going to be anybody watching it. And maybe maybe they're okay. Maybe they're okay with, uh, with Reza Aslan being this way. Because maybe they have to keep him on. Because he's eating monkey brains on his show. And maybe his brain is gone. I'm just saying. He's a monkey brain eater. I'm not going to get vulgar to describe Ray's Aslan. But you know what, CNN? You think we're stupid? Do you really think we're that stupid that we don't understand what you're doing here? You're giving this guy a free pass. You're giving him an absolute free pass for whatever reason. But you, you fired Kathy Griffin in a minute. And that was your right to do it. But if it's all about speech, how is what he said any less offensive with the continuing attacks against the president, calling him a fake president, calling him a piece of S and more and worse? So maybe they're just protecting a guy who's sick because he ate brains, human brains, actually. It wasn't monkey brains, as I originally thought. But he ate human brains when he was investigating and reporting on a cannibalistic Hindu sect. Maybe if they fired him, CNN would be accused of Islamophobia. And we certainly can't have that. Now, can we? Just want you to know the kind of people that CNN's hiring. He's allowed to say whatever he wants, but the free market will decide if He's worth keeping around. And speaking of people who are uh, doing dumb and stupid things, uh, I haven't, there's a couple of stories out there we need to follow. And this one, I'm hoping there's audio from this. This one uh, involves a Debbie, what's her name, Schultz, Congresswoman from Florida's 23rd district and the former chair of the DNC. Although it appears that that's still on her, on her um, uh, Twitter bio. Yes, yes, chair of the Democratic National Committee. Didn't she lose that gig? Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't that title belong to Tom Perez? Debbie, what's her name, Schultz? She got bounced uh, at the convention. And then she got that lucrative job inside the Hillary Clinton campaign. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, apparently, uh, Debbie, what's her name, Schultz, uh, is doing something silly. There is a, uh, a law firm, Beck and Lee Trial Lawyers, accusing Schultz of using a voice changer and calling the law firm that's suing the DNC. The defense counsel in this, in this suit writes, at 4.54 today, an individual called our law office 
from, and they give out the number, see attached photo of the caller ID. It has the caller ID picture. The caller refused to identify himself slash herself, but asked my secretary about the Wilding et al. v. DNC lawsuit. My secretary stated it sounded like the caller was using a voice changer because the voice sounded robotic and genderless, along the lines of the voice changers used when TV shows have interviews that are kept anonymous, you know, when they process the voice. The caller concluded with okie dokie after my secretary gave the caller the public information about the case. When the call ended, they Google searched the phone number and it shows that this is a number from Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz's office in Florida. Um, they're saying that this is uh, highly irregular and they will be filing the instant email with the court forthwith. I just wonder, I just wonder how long are people in Florida going to be putting up with this? So a voice changer, really, Debbie? Using a voice changer to call a law office that's suing you and you forget to disable caller ID? It's pretty simple. All you have to do is star 67. But I guess your juxtaprogressivism wouldn't remind you to do that. Michael Pelka stepping aside. When we get back, oh, you know, I'm supposed to get on a plane in a little bit, and somebody just sent me a story that's really got me concerned. Uh, I'll either get to the American Airlines story or the reason the tech conference was canceled. It has something to do with the two words, social justice. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, I got bad news for some of you people. Bad news, bad news. If you were headed to, uh, if you were, <laughs> if you were headed to Electron Electron Conference, uh, you better change your plans. This is one of those tech conferences, and I have to thank our friends over at Heat Street for sending this to me. I I've asked them to keep me apprised of stories that especially deal with social justice warriors. The tech conference has uh, called itself off because they don't have a a speaker lineup that's diverse enough to follow their own principles. So they have suspended pending a more diverse set of speakers after complaints that there were too many white men. Sure, that's fine. But why don't you add some speakers and move the schedule? Why cancel it? Why suspend it? Learn, put out a statement, let people know. And they said, we published a list of speakers that does not reflect the standards to which we hold ourselves. We will be postponing this event until we can deliver a more diverse slate of speakers. How about you get the best people and just say, these are the best people. These are the best people we could find. 
why don't you do it blindfolded when you don't know what color the person is? Truly. Just just give us the best. Because that's what I want is the best. Social justice warriors. Thank you. Social justice warriors. Good for you, you dolts. Now I do have to I do have to salute again some folks who just it, it amazes me each and every time I hear how strong some families are. And the first victim identified in the London attacks, the terror attacks, was um Christine Archibald of British Columbia in Canada. And her family put out a statement that just is so beautiful. The statement from the Archibald family reads, We grieve the loss of our beautiful, loving daughter and sister. She had room in her heart for everyone and believed strongly that every person was to be valued and respected. She lived this belief working in a shelter for the homeless until she moved to Europe to be with her fiancé. She would have no understanding of the callous cruelty that caused her death. Please honor her by making your community a better place. Volunteer your time and your labor or donate to a homeless shelter. Tell them Chrissy sent you. And it's signed the Archibald family of British Columbia. What a powerful response. I can't imagine the grief. Losing a family member, especially one so beautiful in her heart and her soul, to random violence like that. But to have that response, it just shows you what we're capable of if we'll lead with love. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. See you in Dallas.